Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. G-A-L-D-E-M-G. A-L-D-E-M. This song is good. Welcome to a brand new season of Growing Up With Galdem. Inspired by our book, I Will Not Be Erased, our stories about growing up as people of colour. My name is Nyala Arboin and I'm the life editor at Galdem. And I'm Natty Kasimvala, former editor and longtime contributor at Galdem. Galdem is an award-winning media company committed to sharing the perspectives of people of colour from marginalised genders. Each week, we invite a guest to respond to old diary entries, letters or text messages from their younger selves. The point is to nurture important discussions about growing up. You can find Growing Up With Galdem on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Radam Ridwan is a queer non-binary, multidisciplinary artist of Indonesian origins. Radam's work centres on queer, trans, indigenous people of colour empowerment and has been published internationally with features in Vice, Vogue Italia, Gaudem, Gay Times and King Kong magazine. One of their powerful quotes is, queer love is possible because of queer rage. Ridwan speaks openly on topics ranging from sexual and mental health to racism recently shedding light on anti-Asian cultural appropriation within the LGBTQ plus and drag communities. They are a self-described work in progress that will never be quite finished and they want you to know that that is okay. You can read their stories at Radam Ridwan on all good social media platforms. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Radam. 
In your bio, you say we can read your stories on all, in quotes, good social media platforms. And I wanted to ask, what do you think defines a good social media platform? Oh, oh well, no, firstly, thanks for having me on the podcast. It's really exciting to be here and talk to you. And I love the Gal Dem community, so I'm really happy to speak to you today. Yeah, like social media, a bit of a weird one, because I think everyone is kind of marketing themselves in kind of like very capitalistic way. So I think kind of like being authentic and kind of just trying to carve your own way in, into these spaces while kind of not giving up too much of yourself while you're there. I try and be kind of bright and joyful and colourful and as well as kind of challenging the powerful people in this world. So yeah, I think that's how I do it. But everyone is different, I guess. I love your social media because it's also just hilarious. Like your they them puns, the Emily in Paris post. <laughs> <laughs> what comes across so strongly is how bold and self-assured you are on social media. Growing up, were you always this confident? Um, definitely not. So I grew up in Canberra in Australia, which is kind of like a big country town kind of like everyone knows each other and everyone like seems to aspire to be the same as each other, like find their high school sweetheart, like join the public service, like have a baby and settle down and everything. And uh, I guess it's like also extremely kind of like white place and being one of the only kind of few people of colour at my school, let alone queer people of colour, I, I never really felt kind of confident in being myself. And it was actually kind of the internet that really like helped me to come out into the world and be myself. I really started to express myself using these platforms. I think it was like Tumblr, I guess, and and MySpace at the time. Um, and then that kind of translated to Instagram. I would just kind of like dress up when my parents are out, like straighten my hair as you do, do some like bad eyeliner and post it privately. And then eventually, I guess I got enough support from all these people on the internet that I was kind of slowly able to introduce this self-expression into my daily like routine and my life itself so yeah I was definitely not always this way and I've still got a lot of journey to go but um yeah uh I can really thank you say that I'm a creation of the internet I guess mm. Tumblr kids, we hard relate from me and I think now as well. <laughs> I really want it to come back. I'm like, sorry to get off topic, but I just really want Tumblr to be I back. I want some tacky filters. Like, <laughs> Honestly, someone was saying something about the Tumblrification of Twitter recently and how they're kind of, their new layouts and formats are almost allowing for like, those kind of like grouped images and quotes and stuff to come back. So I'm excited for us all to relive our youth. You also wrote a really excellent piece about space not being static and the kind of idea of expanding as much as you're allowed to. And I wondered if you could just unpack a little bit about that for our listeners too. Yeah, I guess I think that piece was written when I was first moved to London and I was just thinking about like physical spaces, but then also, I guess, like ideological spaces that people are allowed. Like I'm a very physically large person and so I guess like and also being like a queer person of colour I think about like these marginalised groups have to think about the space they take up in this world so much because they're not allowed as much space generally 
And I guess I always like have been worried about taking up too much space in the world because I really want everyone to be able to have those spaces and not to be the kind of oppressor that people have, have been to me and allow people that space. And just thinking about how when I'm on the tube, for example, and I give everyone the space that they need around me and never try and take up too much, whereas some people never have to think about that in their lives. They just consistently take away from other people and don't ever think about the space they're taking up or create spaces for anyone else within this world. And I think that's just something that we should be challenging and making people think about constantly, whether what they're doing is taking away space from someone else and how they can create space for people who haven't been given those in that in life. Yeah, I'm always so true. Under some city boys armpit storyline. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And you've heard about that experiment that people are doing where it's like, oh, just don't move for certain people on the pavement. Just don't move and see what they do. I love doing one of those and just being like, oh, you expected me to move out of your way. For what reason? You know, it's like this inherent thing. Because now me and Karen are both running into each other. <laughs> <laughs> now we're bumping shoulders. Now we're tussling. <laughs> You brought it up a bit before, but I'd love to know a bit more about growing up in Australia. I feel like whenever we speak to people of colour on the podcast that are Australian, they have a lot to say. So yeah, <laughs> what was that like, especially being queer? Yeah, I guess it's quite weird because I like now and I'm unpacking and I guess this is what this podcast is about. So many things that happen like during childhood. And I guess like growing up, I didn't realize all the things that were kind of like happening around me. I like grew up as a like fat kid and that seemed to be like one of the biggest problems growing up. And then the more that I kind of have like grown up and unpacking more of the things that are happening around me, I'm realizing more of the like systemic racism and homophobia and transphobia and everything that happened around me. And yeah, it's just, I don't necessarily believe in thinking back on it in a negative way but like being able to unpack that and hopefully change for the next generation is is really important but yeah I remember one experience of going into school and being put in the English second language class because they assumed because I wasn't white that I couldn't speak English so I was stuck in this class for a year even though I grew up in Australia and English is my first language it's just somewhere that Australia feels like it's a very great place generally in terms of it's good got good healthcare and it's got like rate of pay and all that kind of stuff but it really kind of sweeps a lot of like major systemic issues under the rug and like rights for indigenous people and all that kind of history is so erased in that country and, and there is diversity but it's kind of sectored off into different sections and it was kind of amazing when I first moved to London and I just thought, just went into like a Nando's and it sounds really silly, but just like seeing like not just white people in kind of like a normal kind of setting was really amazing for me because in Australia, it's kind of like, yeah, Chinatown and that's where like Chinese people will go to. And then there's different kind of areas where people live. And in London, like knowing that you could just go anywhere and like people were forced to interact with people that aren't like themselves, I think was just a really amazing thing for me as Australia was just very white and very straight. <laughs> <laughs> Lemon and herb. 
straight. Well, there's a new one now, the, which is like even below lemon and herb, in case that's too spicy. That's so interesting. I think it sounds a lot like South Africa. And I know that there's actually quite a lot of like exchange between people who live in South Africa who want go to Australia and they love it for that because it's basically the exact same thing. Integration does not really exist. And you're also within the fashion space as well and have done some really cool design work with Dress X and Google. And just before we moved on to the extract, I wanted to ask, are there any ways that you feel like your activism in one space has influenced the work that you do in the fashion industry too? I guess like first, I probably just want to be careful about, I guess, never calling what I do online as activism. Sorry, I meant to say advocate, advocacy. (laughs) That's what I have written down. (laughs) Yeah, I just like always like to say that because I think it's always assumed that people that are kind of like, sticking up for themselves within marginalised groups that are doing activism instead of just kind of like fighting systemic problems. Sure. I was going to say, are there any ways that your work as an advocate influences the work that you do in the fashion industry? I think like being a non-binary person, particularly in this in the fashion industry, has been difficult, but it's something that I'm really wanting to bring into the fashion industry. That's definitely something that I want to focus on in the upcoming time because there's just the way that fashion and marketing has influenced negatively the way we think about gender, for example. So I guess thinking about like the fact that clothes are considered as a binary when they're not, like clothes don't have a gender, they're just fabric. Whereas like marketing has made it so that we think that certain genders have to wear certain colours, that like a skirt below shorts above certain length and below a certain length means that <laughs> you're a different sexuality or and all that kind of stuff is so created by marketing and by by this uh, fashion industry. And like being a non-binary person, I hope to kind of intertwine these things of, of fighting both for inclusion of trans and non-binary people within modelling and within fashion industry because there's not really a space for us at the moment where we fit somewhere in between because there's only men and male and female collections and just generally people like to have this template of what beauty is and what what is expected and gender non-conforming people don't really fit within that and so generally I want to fight for that but also I want to try and undo the damage a little bit that the fashion industry has had upon minoritized genders or marginalized genders so I'm hoping that those things can kind of intertwine in that bit by just kind of being in the field as well and kind of advocacy within those two sectors can kind of combine hopefully yeah I'm always just like why is every kind of genderless range or unisex range just like a giant t-shirt like (laughs) totally I'm like where like there's no way to be like any gender as what I always say and there's no way to be non-binary and especially not (laughs) like beige oversized like (laughs) shapeless I want to be bloody I want to be out there. Yeah. (laughs) Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So, I think it's time to move on to your extract. Would you mind, yeah, just reading it for us and maybe giving us a bit of context behind it. Sure. Physically, you're in bed, clutching your laptop for warmth in the Canberra winter. Admittedly, your mind is far away, somewhere between procrastination and chocolate. Your 21st birthday was a couple of weeks ago and you were nostalgic. When you were 18, your eyes were still bright, burning with potential. That dreaded word. We, as humans of modernity, tell our children, attempting to fill them with confidence, that they can be anything they want to be, except nothing that involves breaking things. When you were 21, you were suddenly on a deadline. You have a few years before you are halfway to 50. You are about to begin to leave university and you still haven't reached your childhood potential. You are not the jovial neighborhood firefighter dowsing blazers in his sleep. You are not the first astronaut on Pluto. Pluto isn't even a planet anymore. You are out of touch. You aren't even a pop star. You are barely managing to cook KFC's famous popcorn chicken for the masses. The oil usually splashes and leaves scars on your arm. One thing you are is a person. You are a poet. You are a voice. You are not alone. You are part of the crowd. You are unique. You are a cliche. You have your mother's eyes. You know when to hold them. You know when to fold them. You are full of potential. But that's not all that you are. Thank you so much. That line about KFC is so vivid and like it's really beautifully written. Yeah, it made me sad and quite poetic at the same time, Um, which you, you know, you say later you are a poet. Where would you say you were mentally and emotionally at the time that you were kind of writing this piece? Yeah, so at the time I was the ripe (laughs) old age of 21 years old and I was at the time presenting as kind of a moody, gender, heterosexual man. I was 
in the first year of university and I think I was clearly working through some sort of early 20s existential crisis of epic proportions. And so, yeah, the piece is kind of just pondering on that idea of potential. And I think I was really worrying about filling templates at the time. Growing up, there's always this idea of who you are supposed to be by certain ages. I was a young writer and when you're a young writer, you kind of have this ability to make mistakes or like just release things, release like shitty writing that isn't necessarily perfect. Whereas when you are over 25, you kind of can no longer be making those mistakes. You have to be polished and and perfect. And, And I was really fighting with that during this time of fulfilling these templates by a certain age and and um, these milestones and so I'm really battling with those feelings during during this poem. Yeah sorry I was just gonna say when you said I'm 21 now which means we're only a few years away from being halfway to 50 I was like damn I just turned 25 like <laughs> I did not even think about it like that. <laughs> I know it's like wow <laughs> you basically told me I'm dead. <laughs> But it's, it's really interesting. It's like this countdown and this like almost like impending pressure or doom. And I think it's so relatable. It feels like there's something in being 21 and just just finishing uni where you're like, OK, so adulthood is, you know, it's, it's beginning and everything matters right now. I definitely, yeah, could relate to that kind of urgency. And now I'm just like 28 and don't care about anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't usually tell people my age, but I just turned 30 last week. So this was a really meaningful Happy one. Happy birthday. To kind of <laughs> a meaningful one to look back Yeah, on. so in the past, you've mentioned that you've always had the attitude that it's society that's wrong and not me. Reading this, the pressure to know what you want to be at an age when you barely understand yourself, never mind kind of like the world around you, you can really feel that in this piece. Do you feel like you're still on this kind of like deadline that you talk about? I think I've released a lot of the trauma from this time period. I really am in a good place with it that I feel that I don't need to fulfill any expectations of myself. I wish that someone had told that to me when I was younger, but everyone at this time I feel is fighting the same kind of system that's telling you to achieve this template. I think something that's interesting though is that this is a very like heteronormative kind of perspective of the world I think when I was there because I wasn't really part of the kind of queer community and I think that like within the queer community it's a bit less pressure to have achieved something by a certain age because a lot of us haven't had the time growing up to figure out like what we want to do and who we are and all that kind of stuff and so I think we all kind of really get it a bit more than the kind of like cis hetero community but there are definitely still kind of like pressures within our society to have achieved something by a certain age. And I want to continue to kind of like fight that within all of our spaces. For example, like within the trans community, we don't get a lot of representation of older trans people existing. So it kind of like forces us to believe that trans exists in just like a younger age group. And so I think kind of like fighting that idea about age it of trans people, for example, and and it not being a trend is something that I want to continue to fight as well. And like reading this passage has kind of helped me to to realise that as well. Yeah, it's really great kind of just hearing you 
already start to kind of deconstruct all of these things in that last kind of paragraph where you're like, okay, cool, I'm not any of those things, but I am all of these other things. And like my potential can't kind of suffocate me in that way. Yeah, even though I was like presenting as cisgender here, I think you can like even Mm. read how I'm starting to recognize the binaries around me and really recognizing that I'm like, that humans are contradictory. Humans don't have a very clear kind of pathway that they need to or are always going to follow. And so like in that last passage, just kind of saying like, you are unique, but you're a cliche, like you are all of the above and none of the above at the same time. And I really kind of like enjoy reading that I was kind of trying to get there at that point. And now I feel like I'm bringing that all together into who I am. Yeah. And I think it also gave me real notions of, you know, like on TikTok and stuff you see about like the gifted kids and that whole thing of like the pressure that you get when you're a kid and you're told that this is your potential And then actually, like you say, like not being allowed to necessarily break or challenge those things. It's like, yes, you're gifted or you have this potential, but like you better channel it in these specific ways. And so, yeah, I just wanted to hear a bit more about like what you just mentioned in terms of that journey post this extract to kind of overcome those barriers and like, I guess, feel empowered to resist the plans that like normative society had for you. Yeah, it's quite weird thinking about it because just before this, was written I was playing competitive basketball for the Australian team when I was young and I remember like just that trigger word of of potential was so damaging I have like my Southeast Asian father is quite like bad at um communication and using words and the only encouragement that I would get would kind of be like a high five when I played a good game of basketball and so when I kind of quit competitive basketball to become an artist he would say Oh, but you had all that potential as if it was like Gone. a loss yeah. of, of a better life that could have been led. And I guess that journey was figuring out how to fight the external perception of me and the internal perception of me and kind of balancing those things because I don't think necessarily there is a true yourself because like humans are social beings they're going to change depending on their situations and we're all about community and relationships so I think the person that you are when you're alone is not necessarily like who you are as a person in air quotes so kind of firstly battling the need to fulfill that template of who you should be like uh, that you should be a basketball player or you should be like a famous artist when you're 25 and all that kind of stuff but then also fighting that need to be like yourself and to be linear and to be that usually it's an externally created image of who you are like you're how can anyone else really know who you are as a person so when they say to you I guess like you've changed it's like well only I've just changed my perception uh, changed who I am as perceived by you and it's not changed because the only natural thing is changed so I think when you try and exceed those kinds of binaries of that as well I think that was really helpful for me and I am really happy to not have internalized all of these messages that have been distributed they all are (laughs) which version of us is the real us so true (laughs) (laughs) sorry I don't know if that was that was inception shit (laughs) I feel like that meme of that woman with like (laughs) the the science bubbles around her (laughs) I think it's such a good point though like 
I think we all struggle with that just in, on like a very everyday context, you know, like how you might be with one group of friends versus another and you might feel equally valid in both, you know? And then like you say, I don't know, I'm someone who is always like, I love my own company, but there are certain parts of myself that I don't experience when I'm by myself, you know, by virtue of not being around other people. So it's a really, really good point. And I guess, yeah, to move on to our final segment, what advice would you give to that 21 year old version of yourself who's you know under these kind of pressures to have a potential and to find your potential and yeah what would you say stop being so dramatic (laughs) (laughs) no I think just like stop comparing yourself with others so much babe everyone has a different journey and yours isn't less unique or special or important because you didn't make that 30 under 30 list (laughs) you're always supposed to make so many people try to invalidate us and box us in and delegitimize us in this life but you don't have to do it to yourself you can change your path at any damn point you want to and that doesn't take away from your path or what you were doing before You're human and you're sensitive and you're a work in progress and you're always going to be a work in progress. Amazing. And what do you think that younger self would think of where you are today? Uh, I just actually don't. I mean, I find it hard to even recognise this person a little bit. They've just changed in so many ways that I think it would be really hard for them to recognise who I am now. It's really kind of difficult thinking about this period I think it's been a really good prompt but it was really difficult for me because I'm a very like live in the moment person I I kind of just go with the flow and see where it takes me but I think the person writing this was an entirely different person they were kind but they weren't really aware of the things around them in the world so I think it would take them a while to understand me now but eventually they would love me and they'd feel joy knowing that they're no longer stuck within a world that kind of been completely carved out for them and they made their own way and their own um, own journey that's amazing thank you so much for joining us Radam. thank you for having me thank you i think that that might be the first time in a while that i've heard a guest kind of like grapple with the idea that maybe their younger self wouldn't quite get who they are today initially which I think is really interesting like and I think probably my younger self might be the same it is very interesting especially when you've grown so much into yourself over that time period so much it might be yeah I never think to think maybe my younger self would actually be like confused and what yeah yeah what's she up to (laughs) like (laughs) I think Definitely, especially even what Radan was saying about kind of growing up in a specific or not a very Mm. undiverse area and then only really being able to understand like what was wrong about it later. I think that's a key part as well where it's like maybe my younger self would look at me and be like, you're doing entirely too much. (laughs) You (laughs) need to calm down. It's not that bad. You have to kind of just like kind of guide them into who they're going to be. Yeah, lots of food for thought, especially, Mm. you know, the idea of different versions of ourselves, which ones we should Mm. honour, which ones are us. We're all walking contradictions. Bars after bars, really. Yeah. 
I think that's another, like you say, a really key takeaway. Like, and I guess the journey of growth and understanding yourself is figuring out exactly, you know, which yous are valid and there can mm. be plural. And then which ones need some work. Exactly. Food yeah. for thought. This has been an II Studios production. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. You can sign up to become a member at gal-dem.com for access to exclusive discounts with our favourite brands and partners, early access to tickets for Gaudem events, an advanced copy of our annual print issue, and so much more. Make sure you're following us on all major social media at Gaudemzine for the latest independent news and culture. Or visit our online website, which is gal-dem.com. Don't forget, if you love this episode of Growing Up With Galdem, be sure to subscribe, rate and leave a review. We'll catch you on the next episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.